business owners likely will have only one shot to sell a business. Most don't understand what drives value and how buyers look at a business. Until now. Welcome to the How to Sell a Business podcast, where every week we talk to the subject matter experts, advisors, and those around the deal table about how to sell at maximum value. Every business will go to sell one day. It's only a matter of when. We're glad you're here. The podcast starts now. Welcome to another episode of the How to Sell a Business podcast, where I interview buyers, sellers, and professional advisors on what creates value and how to sell at maximum value. So I'm your host, Ed Meisigland. For the last 31 years, I have been helping people sell businesses, value businesses, and prepare businesses for sale. And so on today's episode, I'm, I'm venturing out into the online world and I am, I had the opportunity to interview Mushkef Sarker of the website Flip. And if anybody's in the e-com space, you've undoubtedly heard about this guy. This guy is a legend and he has, he's not only a, a consultant, you know, helping people do due diligence on on acquisitions, but he's also an investor. That's where he started 15 years ago, where he started rolling up e-commerce and online businesses and newsletters. And to date, I think he just told me he had over 220 uh, acquisitions. And so he he clearly can identify what what creates value? And he shares an awful lot of those tips and tricks and how to mitigate risk when buying websites and other related um, businesses uh, in this new online world we have. So through his website, the website Flip, he's helped countless entrepreneurs and investors buy and sell businesses. And so I hope you'll enjoy and you know what? I shouldn't say I hope. I'm certain you will enjoy that my conversation with Mushkef Sarker of the website Flip. Mushvik, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you. Uh, thanks, Ed. Glad to be here. Well, so before you came on, I, I was talking a lot about how I found you. And I, and to be honest with you, I'm I'm almost a little embarrassed by the amount of content that that you sh- you share and I, and I'm putting you on a podcast and and I and I'll I'll get the make sure that that we have all that link in the in the show notes to get on your your newsletter list because truly man you are you are just cranking information out and and, and I I'm hoping that we can kind of you know fill in some spaces that perhaps you do, you don't already cover in the newsletter. So okay. so let's tell me about the website flip how did how did you get the website flip yeah just maybe a, a little quick backstory 2008 is when i entered this world um i was 18 years old or 17 years old 18 years old and nice. um just trying to make money on the side and got into the idea of building websites whatever that may be um there's different types of websites and we can talk about that but i sold my first business website when i was 20 so two years later um and that was to a pretty big company and i realized that hey i can build these things up grow them and essentially bring traffic to these which is very valuable to whoever you're selling to and then flip them 
So that's when I got into the idea oh, of website sure. flipping, right? Yeah. Um, and since then, I've been only buying assets. So I buy them. I use my technical expertise to grow them and then sell them. So fast forward 14 years now, that's what I've been doing. And and you were north of 200 flips, right? Yeah. 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 How, how many are you at now? I think probably 220 now. All right, 220. So I lost count. Good, <laughs> good for you. So yeah. so my my first question is 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 a selfish question that you know, when you have a domain, you know, there's all kinds of people that are sitting on domains just trying and and they never do anything with it. Yeah. Is it better to say screw it, let's just let's you know, let's spin up a website or is yeah. it better to 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 segregate the two and say all right, I'm going to sell the domain and call it a day? Yeah. So the, in the world that I'm in, we are sort of domain investors with a purpose. Okay. So the purpose here is that we're trying to make money from the domains rather than having them sit there. Now, to answer your question clearly, there's two types of domains I categorize. One is high value domains, one word, two word domains, English dictionary domains that are just so high value, you know, four figures, five figures, six figures. You should not touch those. Those are assets. Um, keep those as is, unless unless you know you can build something like you know, yeah, fifty million dollar value or something like that. Those are different. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, and and I'll, I'll just tell you. So I, you know, I'm I'm an investor in in a couple of businesses, but one of the ones that that I kind of wanted to 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 roll out was was one you know the domain businessinvestor.com where you know you have a you know people that need capital and then people that want to deploy capital and and marry them together on a marketplace yeah and so you know it rarely does a month go by that somebody doesn't doesn't hit me up on to buy the domain um i mean that's the kind of thing i'm talking about and i'm certain there's other people like yeah. me that are sitting there going all right what what do you do is it better to to sit on it and treat it as an asset you know like i'm an appraiser you know i i i know the value of businesses but sure. boy it the value of domains and websites are entirely different yeah. so so how does how does one determine what's the best strategic option for them you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not a domain appraiser. Uh, I, sure. I I do do valuations for websites and business, online businesses, so I can talk to them on that front. Um, but just to wrap up the previous thought, um, if you have one word domain, like businessinvestor.com, I would say it's a four-figure to um, low five-figure uh, domain, nothing more than that, less than 20000 mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and, you know, if you have a good idea on it, that's that's worth the risk. And I think your idea is good. You can do that. But if you own investor.com or business.com, I don't think you can build something with oh, sure. bootstrap with your own funds that can beat, you know, really live up to it, that domain's expectations. I so for it. that, you can flip that for six figures, multiple hundreds of thousands easily. Right. So that's the di di oh. distinction I want to make here. Um, and then to talk about your point here. Domain appraising is is very hard because there is no revenue attached to it. So it's all about what is the comparable value. It's more like real right. estate. Um, and then also what a seller is willing to pay. And a lot of people that are domain investors, when they see a startup, a VC funded startup come to them, the price goes up, right? And so sure, it's, all, sure. it's kind of, it's hard, it's it. hard to do that. But online business is much easier. 
Yeah. Well, so, but is there, because you had, you just, you just alluded to it now, and, and I'm curious, um, as far as market comparables, where, I mean, it, like, in privately held businesses, we, we, we don't have a whole yeah. lot of market data. I mean, we do from, I mean, there's one, there's two or three different clearinghouses that, that it's, you know, voluntarily, you know, people like me contribute to, to them. Um, but I mean, where, where does yeah. one find comparable data? Yeah. Good question. Um, so name bio and a M E B I O.com is they collect a lot of that auction data. Um, okay. so people list their domains on GoDaddy auctions or various auction platforms, SEDO, SEDO.com, Dynadot, these different auction platforms and name bio is essentially the data aggregator. Okay. So you can search a keyword there, see what similar domains. So for example, the way I would value businessinvestor.com is look at variations. What did businessinvestors.com, is it, if it's listed for sale right now or if it was sold in the past, what was that? Or other variations of that, businessinvest.com. And then, you know, come to an average and mark it up by a, a little percentage and call it good. Right. And uh, that's, that's, I, I, that's it. It's there. No, 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 no <laughs> I'll tell you, I, but no, that's, that's really helpful. Not only to me, but everybody else that, that the very, the variations of the domain itself and doing the analysis of, you know, the value, you know, or the potential traffic, you know, that, that are on both sides and, and coming yeah. up with an average. I mean, that, that totally makes, that totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, when you when you um i guess when when you're looking at websites and and selfishly and this is how i got you on the on the podcast because you know we see a lot of businesses that i think are going to be so, sold for the parts i really believe that we're going to see more and more of this um you know where really the only value is you know, the intellectual property and, and some of these intangible assets like websites. Yeah. So the, the tough part is, you know, and I know it's a loaded question, but how to, if I'm a, if I'm a business owner, how do I know that the, the, the website even has value to take that next step? You know what I mean? Yeah. Good question. So the way, well, first of all, Actually, I've been looking into the biz by sell has a lot of businesses, right? So sure. I'm in Illinois um, region and I've been looking at these for mostly obviously a revenue multiple, but really just the uh, website as and hence this is the reason you reached out to me and I'm interested in this. Mm -hmm. So for example, in my city, there was a diamond jewelry business um, that uh, went belly up. They shut down the physical location and they're selling the assets for 60000 Now that includes the website and the 20 year um, customer list and email list, right? Now, how I value that honestly is just based on the domain, which is a very long domain. It's like, it has the word the diamond something in it. <laughs> sure. So the domain itself has no value. It's the SEO value that that domain has. So you can use tools like ahrefs.com, semrush.com. These are third-party services plug in yeah. the domain and see what the domain rating is, which is called DR for short. And, and that gives you an indication of how powerful that domain is. It's a third-party metric. It's not a Google metric, uh, but you can use that to gauge value. So anything above a 20, 30 is, is better than nothing. Um, and there's more to it. I don't want to get into the details. No, no, no. Of course. SEO realm. And then customer lists and all of that. 
An email list has very minimal value if it's not kept up to date, as in they're not continuously emailed at least once or twice a month. So yeah. if it was continuously emailed, like my website, flip.com newsletter, three times a week, it's very hot, right? People yeah. open it, um, 50% open rates uh, sometimes. And so if I'm selling yeah. that, I would get premium for that. But if I'm selling, if I'm buying that diamond um, customer list, yes, there could be people there that are very valuable. But if they see my email, all of a sudden after one year, they're going to spam, put, put me to spam in their Gmail inbox. And I just lost a lot of value there. So yeah. I would put 20, 20 cents on the dollar, essentially, whatever email list, whatever the customer is asking, just pay 20% of that or even lower um, value of that. But when when you were talking about SEO, I I thought the SEO and and again I I am not an SEO guy. I, I pay people to, to to do this kind of thing. So, but the SEO I thought went with the web that it was embedded in the website, not necessarily. Yeah. Oh, so so I am right. And it's so embedded when, with the domain. Oh, okay. Not the website. So, you can put so, anything on the website. I got it. So, so it is. So SEO is is tied to the domain. I get the it. Dot com, dot net, yeah. Dot org. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. And so, okay. The so then when we when we look at the, um, I guess the the newsletter is is kind of where I'm heading with this. So when you were when you were looking at the diamond business, yeah, you. So you were going to then take it and you were going to spin up, you were going to take the domain, lop it on top of your, another another website or you were going to spin up a website and and basically do all the things that they should have been doing. Is that, yeah, is that I'll how? tell you what I would have done. Um, the person hasn't responded to me, so this deal is dead. <laughs> but um, what I would have done is uh, spin up my own e-commerce um, business on top of that under using Shopify or these kind of different platforms and be a reseller for diamonds, right? Uh, or be an affiliate for um, a diamond business. Because I have a customer list, I have a very old 20-year-old domain, I could rank for a lot of the keywords that are very uh, very valuable and essentially drive traffic. So that's that would have been the game plan. I got it. And so and the, but the newsletter was just a was just an add-on and and yeah, if you yeah. got something that yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, so the difference here is a newsletter is something of information sharing on a continuous basic uh basis. Uh here it would be just an email list essentially which is you launch some new products, you email them and say, "Hey, there's a 20% discount." You know, most typical e-commerce are not running newsletters. They're running email email list essentially for sales and discounts and new offerings. Yeah, I get it. What um so there's different types of of websites, right? So you got e-com, you've yeah. got FBA, you've got all these kind of different websites. How do they stack up from a value standpoint? You know yeah. that you know what you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like we were selling an IT business, and you know, at the very bottom of the of the totem pole is you know network work. You know, at, and and custom programming is at the top because that that's yeah. the premium. So, what's the hierarchy of of value for for yeah. the, for, for websites? Yeah. So so there's a few. So SaaS is one. Amazon FBA businesses, uh, content websites, e-commerce websites, 
Um, so the best multiple you're going to get is for SaaS. They go about five to eight X, sometimes even more, um, annual earnings, annual profits. Yeah. Um, content sites are in the three to four X today. Um, Amazon FBA is a little bit lower, two and a half to three and a half and e-commerce in the same range, two and a half to three and a half X. Do you think that that's, do you think that the values are going to go up or are they going, or are they going to stay the same or, or go down? So I'm biased, but I'll give you some data. Um, (laughs) So uh, COVID hit, (laughs) COVID hit and everybody thought that online business world is going to take a hit um, because I mean, as in just in general, uh, multiples were going to go down, but they actually doubled. So I used to buy, Uh, content sites for 2x and now I am having to look at three and a half to four and a half x in on a span of just one and a half years two years not not that long so are they going to keep going up I can't I can't say but that's been the trend over the last uh, two years so how you know in 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 making deals it's it's all about risk and and certainly the empirical evidence that you have in evaluating you know, your the opportunities. I, I I know you're quantifying your risk, but how are you how are you doing the deal structure that it facilitates, you know, that it incorporates it? Because like on a smaller bit, you know, on on smaller bricks and mortar businesses, you know, you you bump into due diligence where, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of, you know, potentially hidden things that that you know, not necessarily um, misdirection or, or malfeasance by the seller. It's just, you know, it's a small business. I, but with websites and such, you you know, you can pull your your Google Analytics and you can. It's hard to hide yeah. that data. So yeah. so and but there's still risk associated with it. So I'm I'm curious to know, you know, how do you how do you keep the how do you diversify the risk when you're buying an asset like this? Yeah, good question. Um, so, you know, earnouts and all of that, you know, I get it, I'll get into that real quickly, but anything sub $100,000 value, and there's a lot of deals under that um, mm-hmm. number, um, it's all cash. There is no way a seller is going to offer any kind of, you know, risk management or earnouts or whatever, revenue share, whatever that may be. Um, so it's all cash. You do your due diligence up front. Um, 300k ish area. That's when you can start offering some sort of earnouts. Um, usually it's about 80%, 60, 80% cash and the rest paid out over time uh, to minimize the risk. Is that, is that answer yeah. your question? Yeah, it, it, it does. But, but there's not like regular conventional financing or, or no. is there, so, so, so you're pooling your okay. money or do you have, you have your own investment team that gets involved? Because I mean, two hundred businesses—that that—that's a lot of working capital. So I, I should I should say, you know, I started when I was a, a kid, sure. right? So yeah, yeah. most of the businesses were four figures, you know, uh, less sure. than twenty k, bought, grown, and then sold for fifty k, something smaller. Flips. I got. So no, I don't raise money. I use my own funds. Good um, for you. Uh, line of credits, whatever is all my assets. Um, so. In, in, in my world of content sites, there is no easy funding mechanism. There are SBA and all of that is very rare in the 100K sub range. 300 to a million. Yeah. There's the, you can do that. Um, but the th- thing is, it's such a liquid market for right. content sites. Nobody is going to wait. Um, the seller's perspective, it's a seller's market right now, waiting three months or six to eight, 
10 weeks, I think is the SBA time range. Yeah. No, what can happen? Yeah, a lot, <laughs> no, you're, you're right. A lot, a lot can happen. So are the, what's the avatar of the seller? I mean, you know, are they there? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 50, you know, the people like we're serving are older. I'm just curious. I, I, I got to imagine that the people you're dealing with are, are your age and below, aren't they? Yeah. So I'm, I'm 33. So yeah, mostly in this kind of people who grew up with the internet kind of, you know, booming yeah. maybe late 2000s. Um, so yeah, most of them are in that range. Now, yeah, there are people who have legacy businesses. This, that's the ones I look for, which is, yeah. the, you know, the diamond, those kind of ideas where maybe they started doing some content, some e-commerce, but they just don't know what they're doing. Now, those are assets. Those are very valuable to me. Um, so baby boomers, you know, those guys are getting rid of these uh, websites yeah. and I can get them um, cents on the dollar. Um, but yeah, if you're buying from me, you're going to buy from somebody young. And there's two types of um, sellers. One is built to sell. So they're building these businesses to be flipped and sold. Sure. Yeah. Plenty of those in the sub 300K um, range. And then you occasionally, one out of 50 deals that I look at is somebody who really is an expert in that business, whatever the topic mm-hmm. may be. Um, and they're, and they're just selling for the sake that they're bored or they need to move on. Those are, those are the ones I really strongly look for and pay crazy multiples for because they'll stick around. Yeah. I get, I get you. So is there, is there consolidation in like, like, you know, you, you have, let, let's say, say, uh, uh, an authority, you know, the, the diamond authority. All right. So you've got, you know, a content site that is all centered around diamonds and they're considered the authority. Are they, are you seeing any of them going around and, and picking up the, just, I guess it's buying traffic, isn't it? It's cheaper than cheaper than feeding Google, huh? Yep. Oh, plenty of it. Um, examples are in, uh, virtual private network, VPNs. So really? you know, the big companies like NordVPN, everybody's used a VPN at some point. Yeah. Um, those guys are ruthless. They buy up any content site because they have a high customer lifetime value and they can pay us the typical multiples of three to four X. And, but to them, yeah. they can recoup that in one X, right? One year. Right. Um, plenty of, plenty of big players buying up smaller content sites. And that's what's driving up the multiples. Um, in the, so fit advertising has gotten expensive, Google ads, Facebook ads, and all of these different ad networks where they could have received customers for much cheaper. And now yeah. they're realizing the return on investment on ads is much lower than just buying up, you know, somebody's like somebody yeah. like me who built up a site who has all the, all the eyeballs now. Yeah. So, so when, when, when I look at, different types of businesses or different buyers. You know, you've got your individuals that are looking at, at, yep. um, you know, you know, basically investors are buying themselves jobs. You have strategic buyers and then you have private equity groups. Yeah. I mean, are you seeing much in from private equity groups tinkering in your world? Really? Um, yes. Starting just yeah. maybe the last six months, honestly, um, there's about three or four players. Now they raised 30 million each. Um, okay. and they're building up a portfolio, of sites and they're buying from people like me. So yes, that's happened. It's happened much more in the Amazon space through companies oh. like Thrashio, T-H-R-A-S-I-O. Um, they raised billions and have bought all the mom and pop Amazon brands. Um, and so that's now happening in the content space. 
but I, but I thought Amazon has such, um, there's so much risk associated with it. it. It would seem that private equity would steer totally clear because they can't quantify the risk of, you know, Amazon saying, yeah, we're not going to do it this way anymore. You know, it's, you know what it's I mean? high risk. And, you know, the, if you look at the Thrashio history and just what they've gone through for the last one and one and a half yeah. years, they've gotten hit. Yeah. Time. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. say it, it, to me, it's like the private equity groups that I know, they're like, they, if I can't predict what's going to happen with that business, there's not a way in the world I'm touching yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So if, if you put on your, put it, you know, look in your crystal ball. I mean, what is, what is this world look like in, in three to five years? Cause I, I mean, I see it, a little bit different because I, I I'm seeing the you know the you know the 70 year old people that are looking at selling and you young whippersnappers that you know they 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 totally disregard um you know someone that hey I want to buy your website you know I I've, I've I've had that conversation I'm like I'm not really certain you understand just all everything in your business has a value including mm -hmm. that that thing that, that has dot com behind it so right, right. what's in, what's the crystal ball yeah that's a good question um it's hard because you know i'm i'm younger so i i am it our online world has kind of tightened up um as i said advertising costs are higher we mm -hmm. my world relies a lot on google um, organic traffic, yeah. right? That has also tightened up. So in, from my perspective, I am looking to go a little more local as an online world will always be there, but mm -hmm. it'd be supported a little bit from a, a local uh, perspective as well. Oh, um, so there might be local, so more, uh, e-commerce and, um, uh, products that I can sell locally in my city, but also online. So a hybrid approach. That's what I'm doing. Now, from the perspective of somebody in the, you know, um, brick and mortar, right? They better get online because they're going to lose a lot. A lot yeah. of shit. I mean, I, I don't buy anything local anymore. Honestly, like I don't go to a store. I don't think many people, a lot of people who grew up in the 2090s, they don't really go to the store. Um, Amazon yeah. delivers everything, right? So that's um, right. Yeah. So it's hard. I, I don't know. I can, I don't have advice for the 50 year olds unless they're willing to go, you know, and figure out the online world or partner with somebody yeah. like me. And yeah, and and that, and that was kind of where I was heading with it was was that you know it seems as though you know that the transition out of ownership you know that there that 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 is a, a really an interesting avenue to consider with you know here here's a guy that's going to take you know a, a, an underperforming asset and do something with it and then collectively your business is worth more. You know, yeah. and so long as your health is in good shape and, and you don't need to, you know, have a liquidity event, you should be in pretty good, pretty good shape to at least consider that. Yeah. So one of the things that, that I, I, I know we're, we got a little bit of time left, but I, I did want to ask you about marketplaces. It seems as though everybody's spinning up a marketplace, you know, whether it's a, a job board or, you know, marketplaces like, um, you know, uh, you know, the biz by sells, the, yeah. the micro acquires, things like that. I mean, is, is, is that the wave of the future? 
No, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of demand for deals, right? Always will be, um, specifically in the online world. There, there's a big few big players in the online space: EmpireFlippers.com, Quiet Light Brokerage, FE International, Flippa, um, Micro Acquire, now Acquire.com is more for uh, software and e-commerce businesses. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of little ones, right? Honestly, um, they're just going to go away and these big five or 10 players are just going to remain. Um, so, yeah, that's all. So, so, yeah. So, so what are the, defi- what's the big, is there a deficiency in a, in a marketplace? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and where I'm, where, where I'm heading with this is that it, it you know, is it right for a marketplace to niche down or is it like, hey, this is the marketplace? Like Amazon has, everything you could possibly need biz by sell you know is t- i you know i know they're tinkering with some mm-hmm. online work i know yeah. you know uh, i don't know if micro requires or acquire is going to you know tinker in their in their sandbox you yeah. know what i'm saying that uh, that's what where i'm headed yeah. with it is right. you know how does how does the market play you know again 5 years from now what does the marketplace look like yeah, it's going to be niche. I think it has to be niche. Um, so there's a lot of niche brokers. Uh, there's Amazon mm-hmm. FBA brokers that only do that. There's only e-commerce brokers. And it's a group of people, right? A few people that really, really understand that topic and can has a buyer list and a seller list and essentially can connect the dots. Um, go ahead. But do you need a broker? You you don't need it. I mean, are are you using bro? You, like I'm not the, using brokers. Um, you, I, I you, get direct deals. Yeah. So. Okay, so you're so you're doing your old own lead gen, but but people in this space don't necessarily utilize a, an intermediary to find yeah, their deals, so, do right or no? no? Yes and no. Um, so in the content space, um, it's much easier to do due diligence. Um, there are some uh, issues that some you know a buyer should know about. So mm-hmm. that's, I don't think you need a broker because a broker represents the seller. If you're a buyer, you need a buyer side representative. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I have an agency, you know, I offer due diligence services, a one time fee. We do the full analysis, right? So oh, you need I somebody can, like nice. that, right? To just do a due diligence review because, um, if you're coming from the traditional business world, um, maybe most of your audience is, um, you have no idea about like what's involved in a content site. Hundred percent. Like become there's a lot. There's more moving pieces. I'll tell you this: if um, buying like a, a franchise or a restaurant is honestly much simpler. Um, you think? Than I think. And let me explain. Yeah. Maybe there's hidden things, obviously, no, but sure. uh, broke. If you have a broker on the seller side, they're gonna kind of get you a CIM and get you a lot of the details. Yes, you have to look through. Uh, employee contract, you know, all of that for sure. But you, but when you go and look at an online business, not only do you have a team of people there as our contractors or employees um, that you need to review as well, but you need to review a lot more like the SEO traffic, um, wholesale relationships. And I'm talking about mostly product based um, businesses. Um, is the website healthy? Um, are the cost of goods good? And there's a lot more moving pieces. Um, which on a franchise business, or maybe there, there really isn't. It's it's it's, it's a little yeah. simpler. Um, so you do the buyer side needs a representative, um, a due diligence. Don't trust the brokers to give you all the info. No. It's not in their best interest. Um, they will, but you know, take it with a grain of salt. Sure. So, do you need a broker in the middle um, for e-commerce, software, um, and Amazon businesses? You definitely need some sort of 
analysis. If you're an expert, that's good, but I'm expecting nobody here is an expert. So you need somebody. For content sites, for pure content sites, which is media businesses, um, it's easier. There's no products. There's no physical goods. It's all online. Um, you need what's called an SEO analysis to fig- mm-hmm. figure out if that domain is healthy. And that's a, por- a part of due diligence as well. Yeah, yeah. You do also need a revenue analysis to ensure that the revenue streams your the site is earning from is, is steady and is going to stay on for long term. So less due diligence, but still some due diligence. Well, talk a little bit more about that service that you provide. So you provide the the due diligence support service, and and yeah. I'm assuming what you just what you just talked about is all the services that you provide others. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we launched this about a year ago. Realized that yeah. due diligence. I've always been doing due diligence for people. Um, <laughs> okay. We kind of really productized that and built a team around it. So I do the content due diligence. We have okay. uh, one person who has. Five years experience with Amazon FBA, another with 10 year experience on e-commerce. So we, whichever business a person, the seller, buyer mm-hmm. is buying, we do a customized due diligence review. It's about a 20 page report, goes through everything, red flags, and also verdicts from our merger acquisition advisor. Like should, if we were in your shoes, would we buy this or walk away? Um, so all of that, all included, you'll have enough information to essentially close on the deal. Okay. And, and do you, from a seller's perspective and and an, and an appraiser's perspective i mean is it is it is it prudent to do that on the front end in order to give to the buyer or do you wait till you have the buyer and 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 just anticipate the buyer is going to do the same kind of due diligence <clears throat> so in the online world the brokers so the big brokers empire flippers quiet light at the international they're doing et it cetera, right? they do due diligence i get it. um so they do due diligence. They put together these reports, the date, collect the data, collect the revenue stream, take screenshots, you know, all put it in a package for you, for the buyer. Um, the only thing you are doing there as a buyer is you can take Fair those and look at the numbers, look at the PNL, but they're not going to go above and beyond to analyze if that domain is safe. Right. So right. that's when you need a third party analysis. So. Is it in the best interest for the seller side broker to get a due diligence report? Probably not because I'm, I, I am very, very critical, right? I, yeah, sure. of 10 deals I look at, one of them I say it's good and probably two of them I say there's warnings. Now, if, if you're a buyer, sure. right. you look at that report and you see all these warnings, you're probably not even going to ask for any further information. So, you know, it's weird, but that is what it is. Um, but like- so the, the nine that there are warnings, whatever, what happens to them? They just evaporate or they just go to auction. What, what, what ultimately will happen? Well, okay. Let me break that down a little bit more. Um, sellers, uh, brokers list them, right? Buyer right, hires right. me. I look yep. at it and say out of 10 deals, I may look at one of them full pass with the you know, best deal ever. Two yep. or three will be have warnings and the rest six, five to six are red flags. Go away, walk away. Right. So the warnings one, most likely they can negotiate. Those are negotiable things. So you can reduce yeah. the price. The ones that are like red flag, walk away. My buyers mostly just walk away. Those deals sit on the marketplaces for a long period of time. Um, until the contract with the broker side has, you know, elapsed, elapsed sure. essentially. It's a three uh-huh. month time period. And then it's either those businesses are just going to die over time um, and they're sure. probably on a downtrend already. And the the owner of the site business is just going to manage it until his death or they go into an auction. 
um, auction as in the next yeah. best place is flippa.com, which yeah. is an online business auction. They list and just get whatever pennies on the dollar they can and just walk away. I get it. Well, like I said, I, I because I, I, I've always, I've always contended that, you know, most businesses can sell. All right. And, yeah. but, you know, right but, but you have to, you have to understand, you know, that, and then you, and where I'm heading with this is that, all right, you got five or six that have the red flags and I'm just sitting here going, okay, well, how, how do you make that? How do you make those five or six saleable? Is it just purely a function of value or is there something, how do you, if I'm you or I'm your buyer you're representing, how do I how do I mitigate that risk to you know say all right there's a big red flag but you know what I I might be able to do something with this. Yeah, so let me and good question right on the domain side SEO side of things. If the domain is spammed, which a lot of sellers do, oh, and use yeah. bad approaches to build links or do uh, things that are red flag. There's nothing a buyer can do to fix that without significant effort. It's not worth it. Uh, right, but right, there right. might be another red flag where we've do a, done a due diligence report recently where the business looks great, but for some reason, their cost of goods for the physical product is just way too high because that individual is building them in their home manually, uh, right? Sure, so sure. That, that, that is a red flag on the deal itself um, to share with the seller. But on the back end, we're telling the buyer, look, if you can figure out the manufacturing in China or a factory in the U.S., that sure. will come down. And that's an opportunity to use that as a leverage point nice. to negotiate. Yep. And then you can figure that out later. So that would be more of a yellow, semi-red yeah. flag, depending yeah. on the buyer. So it depends, again. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I get it. And that and that makes total sense that that your your red flags are 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 a pass, but there's a caveat of, you know what, we might be able to do something with it yeah. and here's how. Yeah. Okay. A uh, couple more questions. So the social media that goes with, you know, you have a domain, you know, do you need the, the whole social media package? So, you know, um, you know, the, the handle for Twitter and Instagram and, and yeah. the Facebook page does, are you're buying all of that collectively? Yes. 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 And you're buying that everything. You're buying everything. Yeah. So the domain r really it is inclusive of that plus all of the social media that that that's a, that is pushing traffic to it. I get it. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, do communities, and I say communities, um, you know, Facebook groups and things yeah. like that. That I'm, I'm assuming that adds value to, to, oh, of course. Okay. Well, definitely. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 more value. Uh, we just closed on, we're in closing on an e-commerce business and there's a Facebook group with 8,000 customers. Nice. Nice. Right. How valuable is that? Right. I can ask questions. I can get feedback. Right. I mean, that, that's more valuable than an email list. Totally. In some right. Cause yeah. you can post multiple times with an email list. You have to be careful. If you keep emailing, daily or multiple times a week they're just gonna unsubscribe right yeah. but with a community it's all about engagement so you can post as many times as you want <laughs> yeah i get you no that 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 makes total sense so when you um when when you see a website like for example i'm a, I, I have a fractional interest or i'm an investor in 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 a marketplace and and our dev team is out of ukraine our, you know, and they're scattered around the world. 
to me, looking objectively, I'm sitting here saying, you know what? That's big risk for me because, you know, seriously, they're, they're across, you know, it's one thing, you, you know, you screw me over and I can just drive across the, the, the city and, and have a, a face to face conversation with you. Conversely, if, if it's on the other side of the world, I got to imagine that there is some inherent risk with my, with my website. If so, if I'm selling it to you, you're sitting there. I have to believe you're going, yeah, man, all, all your code while you have possession of it, you know, the yeah. people that are building it, it are elsewhere. Yeah or no? No, no. Um, there's much more safety mechanisms you can put in place with an online business, two-factor authentication, multiple logins, admin access, viewer access, which you cannot do with a physical no. store. Someone's got the key, someone's got the key, right? Okay, so right. Um, no, I, that that is not. My entire team, except for two people, are based in the Philippines, based in South uh, Eastern Europe, Croatia, nice. Serbia, and I have not in my 14 years have any issues yeah. um, whatsoever. Knock on, knock on wood. <laughs> um, so I, I did want to at least give you the opportunity of, of, of what are you looking for? I mean, you know, I, I'm certain, you know, there's, there's people that are, that are going to be listening yeah. that, you know, they're like, I never even considered something like this. So, so what, what kind of deals are you looking for and what size and, and how can yeah. they sell, how can they self-assess to determine whether you, they should reach out to you? Yeah. Good question. Look, if the thing we talked about, right, if there's somebody who has a business, they shut it, they're shutting down, maybe they're retiring, they cannot find a buyer and they have a website, reach out to me. You know, I can give you an offer at least if I like it, right? Uh, worst case, it might not be something, a number you like, but it is a number, right? Uh, <laughs> so that's, right. For, that's for the websites, right? And then yeah. um, the second would be, I am in the market for e-commerce businesses, um, okay. sub 300,000. So if anything, you know, like that, for sure, send them my way. Um, yeah, that's okay. really all. So are, it, it seems as though, you know, you you put out great content and like i said in in when we were just getting started i mean it it is r remarkable how much you're how much you're you're cranking out and 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 truly it has been i, I really enjoy i really enjoy set reviewing the what you send out but one of the things I, i'm curious to know whether or not you, you people like you are uh, we're going to see a lot more you know, yeah. of a, of a land grab, you know what I mean? That, that, you know, I, and I don't, and I, and I don't know who builds the better mousetrap or who's the better buyer or who has the better case study. I, I, I'm trying to look, I'm, I'm trying to see where the puck is going. And I gotta, I gotta believe that there's people that are out farming in the same place as you are. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, how do you differentiate yourself? You know? I'm first to market. Right? I, 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 I've been doing this so long. People have kind of, in my community, it's not that big, honestly. Very small. Oh. Everybody knows me. Um, and they've known me because I've been active. I just didn't have an online presence with a brand until uh, 2020. So in 2020, I was, I was first. I'm not really worried about competition. But yes, there was plenty of people that have followed. Um, and they will, there will be, right? And yeah. I'm sure with you, with your podcast, plenty of people trying to launch a podcast as well, right? So, um, it's, it's just being quality, um, yeah. and upfront and consistency. 
Uh, consistency is so key. I have not missed a newsletter issue ever, uh, even on holidays, really? like December time. You cannot miss. They expect it in their inbox and they email me when they don't receive it. If it's yeah. like 15 minutes yeah. late, I'm like, oh, where is it? Uh, <laughs> because sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, I forget to schedule it. I write it up, you know, and my team does it and there's a schedule yeah. button and I forget and I wake up in the morning and it's not in people's inbox. I'm like, oh, I forgot to schedule it and yeah. I have to send it 15 minutes late and I got emails in my inbox. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, 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 for my newsletter, you know, and it's small. I mean, it's only got uh, 3,500 people or so on it. And, and I missed it. And some guy goes, are you okay? And I'm like, what, the hell are, you what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the good news is that people, you know, people were reading it. So that, that, yeah. that's awesome. Um, well, my, my last question, you know, and I ask this of every guest is, you know, what's the one piece of advice, you know, that, that you could give to our listeners that would have the greatest impact on their business? Well, since we're talking about acquisitions, the one piece of advice I gave on this content site space and e-commerce, it's very hard to build, uh, sorry, it's very hard to buy something um, today with a little bit of money that's risk-free because of all the price increases mm -hmm. that have happened across the board. So if you really want to enter this space, you should learn on your own, build from scratch, um, build something so that you know what you're looking for. The worst mm -hmm. thing you can do is, you know, somebody who's listening is go on these marketplaces where everything looks great. Uh, every deal looks so good. I mean, I, even from, from my perspective with so much sure. experience, every deal looks enticing. They're not, right? And you could buy, I have seen people, and it's very bad, buy something for 600,000 as an example, and it crashes the next month. Think about that, that's cash, no. right? Yeah. So don't do that. Build something from scratch, engage in Facebook community. There's a lot of Facebook communities that are really? big for online business space join them read learn this is just like buying a brick and mortar business it's it's just a little bit harder because it's a new age technologies right um you're not really dealing with a lot of people you're dealing with a lot of technology um so just no. build learn before you go and spend all your hard-earned money well and and join your newsletter and 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 i'm not and i'm not just saying that just to, because you're coming on the podcast I, I I've shared this your newsletter with a with a number of people because it it really is a lot of great content and I hope that you can uh, you know point to the Facebook groups or some of the some of the education that you're seeing um, you know where where to go so yeah Mushrik I'm so grateful for our time man it, it's been awesome I, I I can't tell you how much I've I've enjoyed it and how much I've learned so That's thanks nice. so much for being on thanks Ed. thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today on the How to Sell Your Business podcast. If you want more episodes packed with strategies to help sell your business for the maximum value, visit howtosellabusinesspodcast.com for tips and best practices to make your exit life-changing. Better yet, subscribe now so you never miss future episodes. This program is copyrighted by MISO Inc. All rights reserved.